St. Louis Blues game against the Anaheim Ducks. I don't know if you've seen this video or not. It was canceled in the middle of the first period and then uh, postponed because uh, Blues uh, defenseman Jay Bowmeister actually suffered a cardiac episode on the bench. Here to join us uh, with more, and this is uh, Greg Brady. He joins us here now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Uh, Greg, uh, quite a uh, scene uh, there uh, last night. You could see there was a lot of concern uh, from uh, both sides, both teams. Oh, my man, Jeff, it's good to talk to you. And before we get to the serious aspects of that and sort of the historical nature, I feel like you're treating the Raptors' winning streak like Fight Club. And if you don't talk about <laughs> Fight Club, like you know what Brad, you know Brad Pitt's angle on that and Edward Norton's angle on that. So and I'm sure you and I have participated in several Fight Clubs that we probably it would probably compromise our professional reputations to talk about some of the graphic nature of those Fight Clubs that we've been in. Separately First rule together. of Fight Club, my man. Nobody talks about Fight Club. Yes. It's tough on talk radio, not to talk during talk radio. But that is anyway, true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't watching the game live. I know the Blues are going to update this a little later today. There really is no new news other than Jay Bomeister, uh, who's gone to the Olympics before. He's a gold medal winning defenseman for Canada. Um, played in Calgary a long time. He's alert, which is the best sign. But the great debate is what spurred this on. And I can tell you, I was at a game in uh, Detroit between Nashville and Detroit when a defenseman named Yuri Fisher, who helped them, the Red Wings win the 2002 Stanley Cup, he was one of the youngest players on that team, had a uh, a cardiac episode, and he never played hockey again. Now, I, that's not the worst-case scenario. The worst-case scenario is Jay Bomeister having a relapse or not being healthy. But doctors advised Yuri Fisher, and he was a lot younger player. He was probably 26, 27, Jeff, and they told him, you, you, we, just, we just cannot take the chance. You can have light workouts. He's played in some alumni games, but he quickly joined the Red Wings front office as a scout. So, you know, professionally, we've seen the, this happen a few times in the NHL, maybe more than any other sport. Um, and I think, I think obviously the concern is for Bo Meester and his family, but to, to, like we, we are, the, like the second step is, is this career threatening and is this career ending? It's certainly the former. We don't know yet whether it's going to be the latter. Absolutely. And a Bo Meester looks like he's going to have a, and fortunate enough for him, he does have a decision to uh, make after uh, last night's uh, episode. Uh, but at 36, he's obviously at the back end of a uh, career, as you mentioned, a much uh, decorated uh, career. Uh, but I'm just uh, kind of wondering aloud here. I mean, these are professional athletes with trainers around them all the time and uh, doctors. And uh, again, we don't know exactly if there was an underlying condition here or not. But is this something that would have or possibly could have gone undetected for a number of seasons, do you think? I bet you, yeah. I, I, I absolutely think so because I don't I don't know how much the, you know, when, when you're coming to training camp, you're doing a lot of fitness tests, you're, you're probably getting – you're getting, you know, even if, you know, average shows like you and I and, 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 and men and women who are listening right now go, yeah, this is how often I go get a physical. You're not getting near the attention a professional athlete is. And, and these are, these are investments. These are heavy, heavy investments in the tens of millions of dollars. So they're going to try and make sure everything health wise is on the up and up, but things get missed a little bit. Um, I, I can tell you, I was doing play by play for the Windsor Spitfires one year and we lost our captain. He was a young man named Mickey Renault. I saw him at a game in Owen Sound on the Sunday. I was driving when I was working at 640 in my first uh, incarnation with Bill Waters. I'm driving up, uh, and I hear a news anchor say, an OHL captain died today. And you're thinking, well, that's not my captain. I just saw him yesterday. But it was. And he had a thickness around his heart, uh, and was he'd already been drafted by the Calgary Flames, and he passed away 
uh, at breakfast the Monday morning after a game. Um, so th- it is an incredibly frightening thing. I think it's the thing we all think about when we start, our chest starts to feel a little funny. And I think you're, you're right. This is something that easily could be missed on a regular basis. Um, and and I, I want the Fisher thing as well, Jeff, changed everything in the NHL because we didn't have defibrillators in rinks. And the uh, now departed broadcaster Don Sherry, I remember him, him going on, and he made it. He made that a big campaign. He and Ron McClay made that a huge campaign to get right. defibrillators in every rink. But we didn't have them, and that's as recently as 13, 14 years ago. In case anyone had a heart episode, a kid or an adult playing rec league at eleven o'clock at night, it happens. Um, that's how Alan, Alan Thick died. I, now that I'm recalling it, Alan Thick. Well, died you know, I was thinking the, the same thing. This is yeah. just not professional uh, athletes. These are uh, rec hockey players, and uh, Alan Thick, uh, God rest his soul, uh, what a great man and a great guy uh, he was. But uh, you know, you think about him collapsing in the uh, dressing room. I'm also thinking, since we're talking about professional uh, hockey players. Uh, here of uh, Latang, uh, Chris Latang from uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who he had a stroke at the age of 26, which uh, obviously uh, is rare for anyone, Greg, let alone a professional athlete. Yeah, that was. I'm glad you brought that up. That was an unbelievable story, and it, it didn't happen during a game per se, but it was incredibly worrying um, to the Penguins. And again, we all, you know, we think about this stuff all the time. With you know, and we try and compartmentalize. Well, there's the health, there's how the family feels about it. And naturally, the sports fan in all of us says, you know, can that person play again? The Vladimir Konstantinov car accident, totally different story like that. But it wasn't the strangest thing for someone to say, gee, I hope he gets better and can play in a couple of years. Well, uh, uh, of course, he wasn't able to. But in the suddenness of, of and the shock of reacting, and I'm sure any, everybody on the Blues team, all the players, the trainers, especially the team doctor, you know, this will be a long, long game, if you will, for Jay Bowmeister to have to play out. And as you said, and I think that, that you said something that was uh, very meaningful in that he's 36. This isn't, he's got his money. He's made his money. It's, it'd be a really unusual thing for him to, you know, uh, if, this, if this is very, very serious and any doctor, any medical professional saying, you know, we don't, we don't think you should, you should play anymore. It'd be remarkable for him to challenge it because you're not the same as you are when you're 21, 22 and you're trying to break in and you're, you're a college athlete. And, uh, and, and I think that'll be, that'll weigh in heavily into what Jay Bowmeister decides to do, depending on the medical advice he gets. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy who won a Stanley cup just uh, last year with uh, St. Louis. So he's obviously accomplished the ultimate in hockey. And yeah, he's at the back end of a career. It's not as if, uh, you know, he's leaving thing, something on the table, money or otherwise that he's 24 or 25 and might have another eight or 10 seasons uh, left. So I'm sure that will factor into uh, whatever decision he makes going forward. Uh, Greg, just well, before we, heart, uh, I would say and the heart is a really, really tricky thing, but so is the head. You, you'd recall, and I'm yeah. sure the listeners would too, by the time Sidney Crosby suffered about his third concussion, people were telling Sidney Crosby to retire. Now it's a good thing he didn't listen, but we are, you know, I find this, and we do this maybe in the media now, maybe more than the general public does, we're very much a, hey, this person should quit. This person shouldn't play through uh, these concussions. Eric Lindros, by the time he became a Maple Leaf, we know he was a shell of himself as a former player, and, and he, he was risking an awful lot by being out there and risking another concussion, and, and players do that. But but people told Crosby, so, I, you know, I, I don't think there should be anybody telling Jay Bowmeister to, well, absolutely hang it up. He's got to get the right medical advice. It may take time to do that, and he's got to fully recover first. I would tell you his season's over now for certain. But at the same time, maybe this is something like you, like the Latang uh, example you gave that he can push through. But 
I'm really wary of people thinking that they're, you know, they can diagnose Jay Bomeister from the video they saw or because they know a doctor who knows a doctor. They got to give him some time to sort through this. It's a really, really personal decision on his part, as it was for Crosby. Yeah, I was going to say a very personal decision for him and his uh, family alone to make. Uh, Having said that, what do you think the effect is on the rest of the players, not only on the Blues, but uh, also, uh, you know, Anaheim watching this uh, unfold in front of them uh, last night. Uh, I think, you know, when you're a professional athlete and you're at the height of your powers, you feel almost invincible. And this is a reminder, a stark reminder right in front of you that you're not. Well, a really, yeah, a really rough one. And I, I, you know, as I said, GM of the Blues, Doug Armstrong, as you mentioned, the defending Stanley Cup champs, they're going to have a news conference today. They're already out in Vegas and they're supposed to play the Golden Knights tomorrow night. Now, if the Blues said, uh, you know, to a man, we're not ready to go just yet. I, I, I think the league would understand that and slide that game deeper into the schedule. I mean, heavens, they played all mid-April anyway in the regular season and the playoffs go till June. I think they can find a date and they're in the Western Conference when they're out there again. But it's it's a really it's a really slippery slope to decide, you know, when you're ready to sort of hop back on that horse. There have been many, you know, close calls, if you will, um, in, in the NHL, in the NBA, and certainly in the NFL, where you just think, I've got to push through this and, and I can't I can't I have to look only for not past whether I saw a gruesome injury whether I saw a situation where one of my colleagues was, you know, uh, was out for the year or, or, you know, doesn't quite know where he is for the next week or so. There's brutal hits in, in contact sports. And though this was not that, I, I think the Blues will have to weigh a lot of options before they decide whether they can play tomorrow night or not. Joined by Greg Brady. Uh, Greg, we also want to talk about uh, the Ottawa Senators who are making some news in this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Their newly minted president, a guy by the name of uh, Jim Little, he apparently has uh, said that uh, he wants uh, the rest of the season to be fun for the fans. His pledge to the fans is that we're going to win you back, and he wants everybody to have a sense of fun at the uh, Canadian Tire Center there in Ottawa, so much so that uh, his first move is to drop the price of beer. Do you think that cheaper beer will win back Ottawa Senators fans? <laughs> it's a start. It's, is this guy, is this, this sounds like a Brett Kavanaugh now. Is he running for the U.S. Supreme Court after he does this? Is this uh, he likes beer that much? The, the challenging Amy Klobuchar on, on her level of blackouts? I found that story interesting. I saw it probably as you did this morning, and uh, it's really something. The Sens have, uh, and anybody who's seen the Leafs Senators game, I know what a Leafs fan you are. You watch these games and whether you go there or not, or you watch them on TV, I mean, 75% of the fans are, are Leafs fans, and, and the fans have a tough time selling out any game that doesn't involve Leafs fans or Canadian fans coming in and, and invading their rinks. So there's been so many struggles. There's so many public, uh, you know, uh, foot and mouth issues that the owner, Eugene Melnick, has had over the last several years. It's, it's, it's a start for Ottawa, but at the same time, it's, uh, it, you know, you still have to... I, there's those happy uh, drunks, Jeff, and those sad drunks, like like allowing fans to drink more while watching a not very good hockey team play. That's really dangerous territory as well to get into because you tend to get angrier if you drink to excess when you're angry. Right. That's concerning for Sens fans. Plus, that, that, that arena is basically in Peterborough. So if you're coming from Canada, <laughs> if you're coming from downtown Ottawa, You've got to have that designated driver for the way back. I think we all can establish That's true, that. and that's always been a big, big problem, the fact that the rink is oh. not in Ottawa. Yeah, just that. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's one of the least aptly named franchises for where they, <laughs> where they ended up putting the arena. It's wonderful if you're uh, in the suburban area, but as we've seen with a lot of rinks 
the, the, the move is now to go back downtown. Detroit did that with their big arena to put the Red Wings and Pistons together in the same arena, something when I lived and worked there. I know when you were working in London, you were probably going down to Detroit for sporting events. It was one of those things where that was unthinkable. Like the Pistons play in the suburbs and the Red Wings play downtown. And then the Lions were in the suburbs, obviously, as well. So yeah. The suburbs does tend to fly, and especially in Ottawa with the transit, the cold weather, and it is it is asking a lot. It apparently is for Sens fans to pay big, big, you know, big prices and head out there on a Tuesday night and uh, and watch them play the Minnesota Wild. But uh, isn't the and, answer really, Greg? At the end of the day, just get a competitive team. I mean, I was at the Leaf game last night against uh, Arizona, and you know, it just kind of hit me halfway through because the second period there was a bit of a lull. There wasn't any scoring until like forty seconds uh, left in the period, and it wasn't overly entertaining hockey that period. And they're working so hard these days not only the Leafs, but every professional sports franchise to make this an event, right? I mean, you got Carlton the Bear and the break of play uh, up on the screen dancing with people. You got the T-shirt cannon. You got uh, other games going on during TV timeouts in the stands that's uh, broadcast on the Jumbotron. It seems as if, you know, every team is trying so hard to make this some sort of spectacle or event when really all you have to do is give me an entertaining product on the ice or on the court. Well, you have to do that, but you hit on something that I think everyone can relate to, and it's just the the in-game experience of watching live events has stayed static, if you will, for the last 30, 40 years. What's gotten better, to be honest, watching at home, right? We all have bigger TVs. We have more games to choose from. We can flip around to our heart's content. The beer is cheaper. There's no lineup for our own bathroom, okay? So there's a lot of of pluses to sitting at home and watching the game. You've seen it, and I've seen it. NFL attendance has dropped. Why? Because TV, the TV product is so good. And if you're, you know, why drive to buy? I love the Bills. I love going to Bills games. But why, why leave at 8 a.m.? You're not getting back till 9 p.m. You've missed 11 other games that are happening. You can't check your fantasy stats. It's cold. There's a million reasons why the in-home product is just working for a lot of people right now. And like you said, uh, you know, TV ratings aren't going down for these sporting events, but in-game attendance is because ticket prices are so high. You got better value on your couch. Yeah. Meantime, there's a dollar off on brewskis at Ottawa, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it may need more than that. Again, I don't know whether guaranteed, you know, a, a free beer if you win or a free beer if you lose. That may be the next step. <laughs> we don't know whether, uh, whether, whether it would work more one way or the other way. Greg Brady, thanks as always, my friend. Good to chat with you. Oh, uh, Jeff, anytime. Anytime, pal.